The tests used to check for coronavirus inside the White House might not be that accurate. A new Star Trek series is set to launch. Space is a nightmare, but it's got to be better than here right now. And if you've got a phobia of insects, this might not be your favorite episode. We're talking with Keith Cressman, an expert on the locusts that are threatening to become a plague of their own. The date, May 15th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hi, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. All right. So really quickly, one of the first things that I saw today as far as push alerts was the notification that Facebook is buying Giphy. And I don't know why, but that just really made me go, what? What? But and for $400 million, $400 million they prepared to spend to buy the main like GIF engine of the internet right now. How are... How do they own everything? How is this happening? What is what is their end goal? I literally world domination, I guess. All I know is that it, it's going to become seemingly impossible now to not use Facebook, Google, or Apple services. I remember a couple of years back, there was a series of articles online where one person tried to divest themselves entirely from mm each of these platforms and it was just nearly impossible and so facebook buying giphy i my uh fiance sister just recently deleted her facebook entirely not not paused it deleted the whole thing but if she wants to send gifts around soon she's gonna have to rely on that on them still i don't i don't like it <laughs> um, my dad still uses MapQuest and prints it what? out. So I feel like Facebook isn't the ruler of everything until they buy MapQuest. Wow, that is a marker to put down there. I <laughs> memo to self, buy stock in MapQuest. They're still kicking <laughs> when Google Maps is here. How is that? Po- you know what? I'm sure there's something shady underlying all of this, but I, I can't dig into this right this second. <laughs> Okay, it's time for the Corona update. Here are two things you need to know today. One, the coronavirus test favored by the White House might not be providing accurate results. Abbott Labs test promises to offer up a result in just minutes compared to sending it off to a bigger lab, uh, which would take hours, if not days, to provide a result. And these tests have become widespread, including getting daily use at the White House. But now the Food and Drug Administration says, um, maybe not. NPR first reported that as many as 15 to 20 out of every 100 tests that are used from this Abbott lab may produce falsely negative results. A study released this week indicated that the test could be missing as many as 48% of positive cases. So the FDA issued this alert yesterday on the Abbott test, quote, in the spirit of transparency. In a press release, uh, the agency said that it's investigating whether these false negative results could be connected to the, maybe it's the type of swab that's being used for the test, or the material samples are stored in for transport, or if it's just the test itself is faulty. Bottom line, though, hopefully we figure this out soon because we still do not have a nationwide testing system that is effective enough to actually let us go outside. Yeah, we definitely don't. LA has been doing free testing, but I have a friend who had symptoms and she went to go get a test. It came back negative, but her doctor was like, you have all the symptoms. So it's very much just like who to believe, what to believe. Meanwhile, I can't go to the dentist because my dentist was like, no one can have an appointment unless they take the antibody test, which also isn't accurate yet. And it costs $200. So I'm like, okay, do I have to find a new dentist? 
I, I do you trust said new dentist to be like, okay, I think it's fine if your mouth is wide open and droplets flying out while I scrape your teeth down. Okay, Dr. Nick, the dentist. What? All right. Number two, mass vaccine testing for the coronavirus will be going on through the summer. So that's good. The head of the National Institutes of Health says it's still not likely, though, that a vaccine that is effective will be produced by the end of the year. But there are four or five promising candidates that will be tested on human subjects throughout the next couple of months. Testing would run from about summer to January, you know, for safety issues to make sure that it actually, you know, is effective against the strain of coronavirus that causes COVID-19. Then, fingers crossed, we would see mass production gear up at the beginning of next year and distribution to the most vulnerable populations in February and March. None of that, though, is nearly close to the sort of rapid scale-up that would be necessary to get kids back in school this fall like the president is pushing. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds unlikely that will happen with what, you know, we talked about the other day of uh, California colleges, California state colleges being uh, online. So mm, we'll see what happens, but it doesn't look too promising. Right. At least, though, I'm, I am glad, though, that there are at least some candidates for vaccines that could work. It could be worse. There could be we could just be at uh, square one again. Yes, I'll take what we've got. <laughs> All right. It's time for today's good news, bad news. This is where I bring you some of the most hell yes and most nope, no thank you stories from around the internet. Bad news first. Even if you're trying to be good and order from your favorite local restaurant directly, Grubhub might still be getting your money. So we've known for a second now that Grubhub takes a serious chunk of change as a service fee from restaurants. And that's gotten people trying to go back to ordering food the old-fashioned way, calling up the restaurant on the phone. But BuzzFeed News' Vanessa Wong reports that might not be enough. Some restaurants have signed deals where even phone orders that come in via a number assigned by Grubhub result in a fee. And on top of that, restaurants can't use their normal number on Grubhub's app or website. And that Grubhub assigned number is often what gets pulled up on Google, though. And that is so messed up. I, when this story dropped this morning, like everyone who was not involved in reporting it on the BuzzFeed news side of things was like, what? They are still getting uh, our money. They're still getting the money that we want to go directly to the restaurant, even though we've tried to cut them out entirely. That is so wild. Right. Which is causing them to like break even. So basically these restaurants are just hustling to like stay afloat and no profit. It's just like trying to be kept alive. But I don't know. It does not seem like a great system that anybody likes but Grubhub. Right. I mean, I was part of the wave of people being like, this is so convenient. Boop, boop, food. Come to me now. But now I'm like, oh, what have we done? Yep, exactly. Okay, on to the much needed good news. And this time it's for Trekkies. There's a new Star Trek show coming and it's going to be set on the Starship Enterprise. The new show called Strange New Worlds will be a spinoff of the show Star Trek Discovery that's been airing for three seasons on CBS All Access. CBS confirmed the new show is in development this Friday, releasing a video of stars, including Anson Mount, Rebecca Romaine, and Ethan Peck. And they'll play Captain Pike, number one, and Spock, respectively. No word yet on when the show will air, but hopefully it arrives at warp speed. I'm just going to say that <laughs> I made Casey say that. I'm sorry, Casey. I don't even know if you are a Star Trek fan, but it, the, I couldn't not put that into I'm, the script okay. for you to say. I'm 
I'm not a Star Trek fan, but my dad was in one episode and it was a funny story because he got his character. I think he was a bad guy. He got shot and he was like Mm -hmm. bleeding out and he had like green blood coming out. And my sister was like three or four at the time. And my dad used to be go away doing comedy sets. So he was out of town while the episode aired. And so my sister just saw our dad got shot on (gasps) TV. Oh no! And then was crying, crying for hours. I mean, no matter that he looked like an alien and had like not red blood coming out of him, it didn't That's matter. Still, he daddy getting phasered. <laughs> oh no! I know. Well, I'm just like kind of hopeful that they even announced this because everyone's been wondering what's going to happen with TV production. So yeah, we don't know when we're going to get this, but I'm just glad like new content is supposed to be coming our way. Right. At least they're thinking about it. Yes, exactly. All right. When we return, we've got Keith Cressman joining to tell us about the other plague we should be worrying about right now. Be right back. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Our vast network has the NFL's best talent bringing you right into the action each week. There's always room to add more football into your podcast rotation, and our vast group of shows will surely keep you up to date with everything you need to know surrounding the National Football League. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're uncovering why society makes it so hard for women to treat their time with the value it deserves. So take this time out with us. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It's time for Say More. This is where we get to focus on some of the most interesting people and most important stories out there in the world. Right now in the United States, we're most concerned about the coronavirus pandemic. But overseas, there's another plague that's out on the horizon, one that's just as biblical. Locusts are swarming in Africa and the Middle East, and it's set to get even worse soon. We got Keith Cressman with us to talk through all of this. He's the chief desert locust forecaster for the Food and Agriculture Organization in Rome. Thank you for joining us, Keith. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. 
Let's start at the beginning for some of our listeners. These are just bugs, grasshoppers. And I think a lot of people here can't really see why that's such a big deal. Well, uh, in fact, um, these aren't really grasshoppers. I I guess you could call them super grasshoppers. These are called locusts. And the difference between a locust and a grasshopper is that when locusts increase in, in large numbers, they change their behavior they change their appearance, they change their colors, and they form these, these biblical um, swarms that, uh, that are kind of like large moving clouds on the, along the horizon that tend to even block out you know, parts of the sky or parts of the sun. Grasshoppers don't do any of that. So I know for a fact, we all know from you know, pop culture, etc., that locusts eat a lot, but can we get a comparison? How many people would be needed to eat as much as a swarm of these locusts do? Well, if we just take um, a square kilometer of swarm, um, or roughly more or less, let's say a bit less than a square mile of a typical locust swarm, that'll contain around 40 to 80 million insects. And that one less than square mile of a swarm would eat the same amount of food in one day as as 35,000 people. So um, to give you maybe a better comparison, just imagine a swarm the size of, of Manhattan, you know, New York City, which, you know, for, for a desert locust is, is not really a big swarm. It's kind of average size swarm. That swarm in, in one day would eat the same amount of food as everybody in New York and California. <gasps> oh, I, my God. Wow. I knew it was bad, but that's 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 a really good comparison there, Keith. So looking at some of the pictures that have been coming out from East Africa over the last few months, it's been intense. What's the situation on the ground like now? Well, the, the situation on the ground, they're, they're in the middle of another period of locust breeding. So what this means is that the, the swarms that invaded Kenya, the swarms that are present in Somalia and Ethiopia, they mated, they, they laid eggs. Those eggs now are, are hatching. And, and of course, you don't have adults immediately. You, you have what we call wingless nymphs or, or hoppers because they hop along the ground. And they do that for about six weeks. And then after that, they become adults and they form big swarms. So at the moment now, those eggs are hatching. These hoppers are are emerging from the eggs and and they form bands. So they kind of come together and and you can kind of imagine it as a moving carpet of insects along the desert floor or along the plains in in northern Kenya or in in parts of Ethiopia. So the teams now are out there looking for these these, um, hopper bands. There's still some swarms that are laying eggs. So they're fighting the swarms as well, using aircraft to spray um, pesticides. Farmers, of course, are very, very nervous because this coincides with their planting um, period, with their, with their growing season. It's the rainy season now in, in northeastern Africa. So, you know, the hoppers, they eat. And, you know, if the hoppers aren't found, if they're not treated, then, of course, the farmers know they're going to, you know, turn into swarms again. And that'll be right about the time when those farmers will be harvesting their crops, um, you know, later towards this summer. So when slash if, this second wave does become adult locusts and they do swarm. How far are we looking at for them to spread? Like what sort of range are we expecting this second wave to affect? Well, locusts, you know, they're really clever. These guys are professional survivalists in the desert. So they will hang out in these areas as long as possible, as long as that vegetation remains green. Now, of course, when farmers are harvesting their crops, then, you know, that, that's vegetation that's gone. When the rainy season ends, again, the, the natural vegetation dries out. So 
All of this means that the locusts then would be on the move. So they'd be forming these swarms and they wouldn't be hanging around too long in, in Kenya or, or southern parts of Ethiopia. Instead, they would move and they move with the wind. So they're not like birds, you know, that can fly in any direction. These are passive drifters. They're just carried by the wind. At the time when the vegetation is drying out in northeastern Africa, the winds are from the south to the north. So that means the locusts would move from northern Kenya into Somalia, reinvade Ethiopia, cross South Sudan and get into the Sahara Desert of Sudan. And they could even go from the, the northeastern tip of, of the Horn of Africa, so that's northeastern Somalia, they could fly across the Indian Ocean and reach the border of India and Pakistan, those desert areas there. I feel like we'd hear more about this if this were something that happened all the time. What's making this year worse than normal for locusts? Well, I'm sure you'd hear more about it if they would, you know, cross the Atlantic and invade Florida and, and the southern U.S. But they, they only they only managed to cross the Atlantic and invade Jamaica and the Caribbean. But that was in the late 1980s during a plague. So, yeah, they do have this capacity. But but what's making it much worse this year? You know, it's just not something that's, you know, we woke up to one morning. No, it's been building. It's been building for the past two years. It started out in a very, very remote area of the world, a, a place called the empty quarter, um, which is exactly what it is. It's just an empty place in this planet, just full of towering sound, sand dunes and nothing else. And in that area, there were two cyclones in 2018 that brought heavy rains and some of the locusts. And, and that's where they increased about 8,000 times over a period of nine months. And then in typical fashion, when it got dry, they left, um, they moved northwards into Iran and they moved southwards into Yemen and then to the Horn of Africa. So during, you know, the, these past two months, the weather has just been fabulous for the locusts. Very, very favorable. So we've had several cyclones, we've had heavy rains, we've had floods in the desert. And this is exactly what the locusts need in order to, you know, increase so rapidly, um, roughly about 20 times every three months. And it's an exponential increase. So, so this is why we reach, you know, the situation where we are now. And you mentioned how impactful the weather is. Has climate change affected this at all? Well, you know, it's interesting you ask because cyclones are often drivers in the past and they brought the onset of locust plagues. We're not in the locust plague now. We're kind of one step below that. But cyclones are very, very important. In 2018, the two cyclones I mentioned, they dropped rain in the same place, which is extremely unusual. It's already unusual to have two cyclones in one year. So you had two cyclones in one year that brought heavy rains in the same place. I mean, that's really, really rare. Last year, in 2019, they had eight cyclones in the Western Indian Ocean. And some of these made landfall in Southwest Asia and in the Arabian Peninsula and Northeastern Africa and brought heavy rains and, and fabulous conditions for the locusts. But normally, you know, there's like one or no cyclones per year. So eight is a tremendous number. This year, 2020, this month starts the cyclone season. It's usually before the summer and just after the summer. So we'll see what happens. But the point is, you know, whether this increased frequency of cyclones that we've been seeing now over the past few years, if that's attributed to climate change or if that's just a short-term anomaly in the weather conditions, it, you know, it's difficult to say. But the more important point is that if this trend does continue, of course, there will be more locust emergencies, more crises, more upsurges like what we're facing now in, in Northeast Africa. So then what more can be done to help 
actually stop these things from having this sort of effect on people? Well, locust emergencies, it's kind of much like forest fires. So if you can find them when they're really small, like a campfire, you just kind of go off to your car and get out the fire extinguisher, put it out and and you're finished. But, you know, if if you don't do that, then it becomes a brush fire. And then if the fire department doesn't come, it becomes a forest fire. And then, then if, you know, the weather is still favorable and the hot winds, then you get these raging wildfires, you know, like Australia had last year. And they're very costly to put out and take a long time. It's exactly the same with desert locusts. So the strategy is it's early warning and prevention to find these small outbreaks when they're still small and containable and put them out. But if you miss that or if the weather just, you know, continues to be so favorable, then yes, you do face these type of situations. When we're in the middle of a locust upsurge like we are now, information is critical. So that means on-the-ground reporting by the field teams, by the communities, by the nomads, by the, the, the herders, trying to develop tools that they can use to get that information very rapidly to the decision makers, to those people that have to decide where they're going to control the, the swarms and how they're going to do that, you know, by ground or by aircraft. So it's very important to have a very systematic, well-organized kind of response. It, it, you know, you're, you're like fighting a war here. Well, wow. Keith, thank you so much for joining us and laying that all out. And good luck to you and to the FAO in your fight against this swarm of forest fire, locust plagues, etc. Thank you. It's time for the list, because if you know BuzzFeed at all, you know how much we love lists. And today we're looking at five lyrics from Greece that kids should definitely not sing along with. Instead of broadcasting the Tony Awards this year, CBS said on Friday that it will instead be hosting a sing-along of Grease, the movie musical. But somewhere along the line, Grease became seen as a family musical. That said, here are a few songs that maybe you want to get the kids out of the room for. Number one comes from Grease Lightning. Number two... Summer Nights. Tell me more, tell me more. Wasn't loving for sight. Tell me more, tell me more. Did she put up a fight? Number three also comes from Grease Lightning. You know that ain't the shit where they get licensed in Grease Lightning. Number four, this Italian swear from Look at Me, I'm Sandra D. Just keep your cool. Now you're starting to drool. Hey, Bongo. I'm Sandra D. And number five is also from Grease Lightning. What the hell is up with this song? With new pistols, clubs, and shocks, I can get off my rocks. You know that I am bragging, she's a real pussy wagon. Grease Lightning. Why do kids get to watch Grease? Why are the kids allowed to see this? Yeah, it's hilarious because when I like heard about this coming out, I was like, yeah, I want to sing along with it. And then I instantly remembered that just all of these songs are like so problematic. Like, no, I don't want to be singing about how someone, a girl put up a fight. Oh my God, no. I know. And confession, I had not seen Grease all the way through until a BuzzFeed news assignment back in 2015. And so I watched it. I was like, 
this uh, is a pretty dark situation. What with Rizzo's like unwanted pregnancy, etc. It's like, mm, hmm. I will note though that I'm curious to see if CBS changes the lyrics for this sing along like they did for Grease Live back in 2016, one of the lesser live musical performances that the networks have done. <laughs> Listen, I watched it and I loved it. Also, I am going to start saying Pussy Wagon from now on. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I can take that term back. I think it's my time. Think- <laughs> <laughs> you do you, Casey. You, you, women's rights, etc. <laughs> Okay, we have time for one more thing. And today, it's trying to figure out if the teens are just fucking with us. Specifically, if they've got people biting apple juice bottles for no reason. Casey, you're the TikTok expert. I leave it to you to explain. Thank you for referring to me by my official title. (laughs) Okay, I firmly take the stance that the teens are not fucking with us. So background on this, it's been going viral the past couple of weeks, but basically there's these Martinelli apple juice bottles. If you can picture them, it's those tiny ones. They're round, probably just one serving in them. And basically what's happening is people on TikTok are taking one sip of the apple juice and then putting the cap back on. And then they go and try and take a fake bite out of the bottle like you would with an apple and it makes an apple crunching sound. And I mean, like, I get it. it, it it's like on the internet. Anyone could be adding audio and stuff like that. But so everyone's been like, like, oh, this probably isn't real. And they've been testing it. And every time they test it, they are look genuinely shocked that it actually works. So this video was posted yesterday by David Dobrik. He's sitting with one of the plastic bottles on his couch. This is a thing on TikTok. I haven't tried it. Apparently, if you bite into this, it sounds like you're biting an actual apple. I wonder why you haven't tried it. It's probably going to explode all over my face. No, 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 no. But then he actually bites into the thing, and this is what it sounds like. What did you just do? (laughs) It sounded like an apple, didn't it? Yeah, but how did you do that? (laughs) I feel so stupid. Okay, so what the fuck we all think? I It makes sense because the bottle is plastic, but also it's such a specific sound that it's wild. It is. It's wild that that happened. Okay, so there is actually a TikTok where someone emptied the Martinelli bottle and they cut it in mm-hmm. half and because they wanted to look at the plastic. And as she opened it, she saw that there's actually three layers of plastic oh. inside and they all kind of separate from each other. So the sound can come from the plastic like hitting against it. I see. But still, but still to your point, like it's... It's absolutely wild that an apple juice bottle sounds like you're biting into an actual apple. Like, did they do that on purpose? What's the conspiracy here? I don't know. But (laughs) because we firmly believe in science on the show, I threw on a face mask and I went out into the streets of New York to see if any of the local bodegas or grocery stores had a bottle we could try this out on. And here's how it went. Okay, I am on the streets of East Harlem It's actually a pretty nice day out in New York City today. I am heading for what is probably the bougiest bodega in my neighborhood. We'll start there. They will most likely be the ones to have this bottle, but we'll see. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little skeptical of finding this specific bottle by the time we record, but you know what? 
We got to try because you, the listeners, I want to do this for you. I want to get to the bottom of this for you. For those curious, uh, there's a couple of different factors to go into what makes a bodega bougie. Uh, number one, it's been remodeled within the last like three to four years. Number two, if it sells some kind of juices and like squeezed, blended juices, it's probably bougie as heck. Uh, number three, if there's no cat, if there is no cat, it looks like a ne- cat would never wander in, this is a bougie bodega. Okay, stop number one, looking, looking. There's Tropicana, San Pellegrino, Martinelli's. Ah, and all they have is the original glass bottle. That will not do the trick. That will sound nothing like an apple. Okay, on to stop number two. Hmm, stop number two actually wound up being an also bougie grocery store down the street from the first bodega, and they also only have the glass jars. This might be a problem. Hmm. Where are people buying this? So, yeah, apparently there's nowhere on the mean streets of East Harlem, New York to easily get one of these bottles to test out. And I am disappointed because I really wanted to like have that experience of doing it live. I wanted to like test this out for the people. I know. I was so excited for your journey and I feel very let down, but you know what? Listen, it's okay because now all of our listeners can see if they can find the bottle so that we can hear it. If you have access to these things, please record yourself attempting to pull this off so we can hear it with our own ears. Then send that recording to news o'clock at buzzfeed.com. Again, news o'clock at buzzfeed.com, all one word. We will take a listen, and if enough of you send them in, we will play this glorious symphony of crunching plastic that sounds exactly like an orchard of apples being eaten at once. All right, that's it for today. We'll be back on Monday to hit all the weekend's highs and lows for you. And remember, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. A plastic apple juice bottle, though, does nothing! News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza and Alan Habercheck. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesh Hatikader, Samantha Hinnick, and Patrick McMiniman. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends all about us. Then set your alarms so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. Thursday, February 10th, kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player, delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, presented by Nationwide, and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022, delivered with Uber Eats, will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign, Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. 
you're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.